Nice. Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. What is going on? Bro, wicked storms happening right now. That's good. I'm I'm surprised it's not hitting us yet because I, I keep hearing about them, but haven't seen a thing yet. Well, earlier I went outside, <clears throat> and to my right, the wind was blowing to the left, and to my left, the wind was bro- blowing to the right, and I'm like, that seems a little tornadic in nature. You're getting blown on both sides, huh? Hmm. <laughs> hey, yeah. And then all hell just fucking came loose. This was nuts. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that sucks. So, hunker down, because it's coming. Well, I've been waiting on the rain the last couple of days, and it just, it's not been doing anything. It keeps saying that it's going to rain, and never does. So, I I don't know, dude. <coughs> I hate it, because I, I really need the rain right now. We did all those flowers, and I'm going out there with the water holes a couple times a day, just trying to wet it down, and trying to get the roots to take you know but it's taking forever dude because i've got no roots yeah i don't know the other part of that me either anyway happy recording day (laughs) happy recording day Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. forgetting to say it i i mean it's making up for lost time for me because you always said it first <laughs> but <clears throat> i gotta tell you about this ribeye i just made man it'll want to call your mama and reach for the phone and smack her mm. oh i don't know i don't think i've talked about this on the podcast i think i've just told you personally maybe but I want to share this recipe, or at least tell you how to make one of the damnedest best steaks you'll ever grace your mouth with. You ready for this? I'm ready. <clears throat> so it's a concoction between this famous TV guy, cook, whose name I don't remember, and Chef Gordon Ramses. Mm-hmm. But... So you take, let's just say you're cooking one, and then if you're cooking more, you double the shit, right? Mm -hmm. So you're cooking one, you got your pan, you got it hot, you put two tablespoons of olive oil, get it to where it's just about to smoke, you know, it's kind of separating a little. Mm -hmm. And while that's happening, you're taking uh, coarse sea salt, coarse, whatever. Coarse or coarse? I don't know, like the little (laughs) chunks. I know what you're talking about, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Wesley. And you sprinkle it, right? Like 
pretty well. I mean, have a little heavy hand with the salt. And yeah. then you kind of mash it in just tenderly. And then you sprinkle some pepper. And then what I do, which you don't have to do, I found this herb melody mix that I sprinkle on top of that just a little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, so by the time that's happening, you're ready to put it in the pan. So you lay it down facing away from you. You let it sear for two minutes, right? The highest heat you can do. And then while that's happening, you season the other side the exact same way with whatever you're using plus the salt and the pepper. And um, after that, you flip it once more and throw in uh, like a spoon and a half of butter. Mm. And then you could either do whatever type of garlic you're doing, whether it's minced or fresh or you cut it or it's out of a can, the little minced whatever. Oh, yeah. By the way, hold on. Alexa, add minced garlic to the shopping list. Thank you, bitch. Go ahead. Then you put a little bit of thyme. I do the chopped up thyme because it's easier and I have more of it. And then Armageddon is happening outside, bro. Is that what that just was? Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Holy crap. The whole apartment shook. Nice. And it's still rolling. <laughs> anyway. I love it. I love it. So you put the thyme on top of that, right? Mm -hmm. Just sprinkle it. You can kind of gauge how much you want. And then as that's melting down, you're kind of swirling it. And then you baste it on top of the steak, right? For like another two to three minutes. And then you flip the steak and you keep basting for like another two to three minutes. Or however tender you want your meat to be or how well you want your meat to be. And then whenever you've got your meat to where you want it, (laughs) you pull it off. You let it rest for five minutes. (laughs) And dude, it'll be some of the juiciest orgasmical flavorings in your mouth that I dare say you'll never come close to again, maybe. Hmm. I do like it like that. I love it in my mouth. <laughs> she working that back. I don't know how to act slow motion for me. Dude, it is de-fucking-lish. I like it. I like it. I like to um, do the opposite, though. I like to reverse sear my steaks. So you sear at the end? Yep. Hmm. Yep. So, of course, I'm doing mine on a grill. I can't tell you the last time I made a steak inside the house. Yeah. But... um, well, I should say, be prepared. Have your vent fan on high because it gets a little smoky. Oh, yeah. Just by nature of the oil that you're using, if you're going to use oil. or um, I mean, most of the time when you get in the pan that hot so that you can sear it, it's definitely going to cook fast. It's definitely going to be smoky, especially if you're using seasonings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, though, they season after. Not before. Steak? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. salt. Yeah, I've seen a lot of... Because I did... I don't want to say research. Putting way more emphasis on watching YouTube videos and <laughs> <laughs> looking up recipes. But yeah, I've seen that a lot. Just salt. That's it. Just salt. Let the meat do At its work. At the end. Yep. 
when you got good quality meat, you don't really want to mess it up with a bunch of different seasonings. Um, but anyway, I like to reverse sear. And lately, I just put, you know, I will season it with, I'll throw some uh, W sauce on there. And then Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Yeah. Worcestershire. And then I've got a um, equal part mix of salt, pepper, and garlic. And then I put that on there. And then I use the slow and sear on my uh, on my grill, which is this basket that is kind of like a, a crescent moon shape. And you fill that up with charcoal and whatever smoke wood you want to use. I like hickory, but I also used oak or mesquite or whatever. So you get that smoke and you get that wood smoking. And then you um, put the meat on the indirect side with the pan under it so you can catch the juices. And so you cook it for about 20 minutes, maybe even a half an hour on one side. (laughs) And then another 20 minutes to a half an hour on the other side. And at that point, it's, you know, after about an hour... It's sitting at about 125 degrees internal temp. And then I go ahead and I I pull it off, let it rest for a few minutes while I get the heat up in the grill. So I'm taking the the lid off and you let the charcoal breathe and it just gets, you know, super white hot. To where you can barely hold your hand over it for a few seconds. And that's about it. Then you burn your hand. Then it's ready to sear. So I put it on one side for a minute and then flip it over for the other minute, pull it off. Them grill marks. Yeah. And then pull it off. So it's, it's just over, you know, I, I make love to my steak, man. It's a nice, when I, when I get a chance to do it, I, we haven't had steak in a long time, but when I'm when I'm able to do it, and I'm guess I'm I like my steaks cut, like Delmonico, ribeyes, an inch mm-hmm. thick. So the reason why you can cook them so long because they they're so thick. I, I like Thanks. mine an, an inch thick. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, I I freaking love it. You know, when I was doing that carnivore diet, I was eating ribeyes every day. Or some kind of steak. Ribeyes or T-bones or whatever. And you were cooking them that way every day? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was reverse searing it every day. And so depending on how thin the steak was, you know, for a thinner steak, obviously, I'd, I'd take less time. Um, so you kind of got to dial it in. You know, you got to dial in your low temperature because I'm like, I got the basically cooking at about 200 degrees on the grill, which is very, very low. Um, But yeah, but also if I wanted it fast, I would just cook it direct heat right on the grill and uh, and get the steak done in 10 minutes and then let it rest 10 minutes and then I eat. Yeah, 
you know, so most of the time it was the long, low, and slow, though. That's your thing, though. Low and slow, baby. Which my current living situation doesn't avail myself to uh, partake in such festivities. Sure. That's all right. So I uh, I was at Costco the other day and picked up a three-pack of ribs, St. Louis-style ribs. Oh, they were 20 bucks, and then they took $4 off at the, uh, at the register. And I should have just bought all the ribs they had left because I was just being <laughs> stupid. Or at least, you know, I mean, they give you three in a pack. I could have picked up four packs easily and gotten four dollars off each one so basically you buy four you get one free um but i had so much stuff in the cart already i'm like damn it i hate every single time i go there i spend two hundred dollars it sucks (laughs) and i was trying to i was trying to stay under our uh, grocery budget so i only got one pack but it's in the freezer, and I'm waiting on a special occasion to cook them. I think I'm going to make them for Micah's birthday, which is coming up uh, the 29th, the end of August. Nice. Yeah. And he'll be here that weekend, so. And, of course, I like to do those low and slow, too. Right. So. Mm, I can't wait, bro. I've been craving ribs for so long I haven't had ribs in a while either yeah actually it's probably the last time when I did the crock pot ribs oh yeah sacrilege I still gotta try it they were smoky obviously but right hell they were still tender people throw their ribs in the oven you know so I can't I can't hate People do a little bit of everything. My aunt and uncle put their brisket in the oven. They don't smoke it. Well, I feel like more people don't smoke than do. Well, sure. So, I mean, because I've seen seen both of those, you know, because none of my family smoked anything. We would grill out, but we wouldn't smoke. Yeah. See, when I was at my sister's house in uh, Phoenix... I smoked a, the largest brisket I've ever smoked in my life. That thing was like 16, 17 pounds, something like that. And uh, it was mostly meat. Like, they trimmed it really, really good. I trimmed it some more, and still, it was still the biggest brisket I've ever made. <laughs> and um, I probably smoked it for a good 20 hours, bro. And... The next day, like it wasn't ready until the next day. The next day I went over and my sister had put it in the oven really, really low just to warm up all the food. And um, because we had gone all night long and that brisket still wasn't done, you know, so. uh, Dang. But, bro, that next day when I... uh, when I started slicing that brisket up, holy moly. It was the most tender brisket I ever made, dude. It was so nice. So good. So good. 
Oh, I want a brisket. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, good food. I mean, you can't beat it. Well, it's love, right? I mean, it's sharing that that love with other people that, that makes it so special. At least it is for me. Yeah. Well. You know, I have a problem, you know, that when I barbecue, it's just us in the house. But I'm like, well, I'm going to make a bunch anyway. You know, that way we can eat it all week long. And uh, if somebody comes over, they can have some. We can share it. You know. Oh. <sighs> Forgot my phone was on uh, loud. My bad. Anyway. Yeah, we do the same with <clears throat> some of the stuff we make. Like we had a... Uh, I don't know how many pounds. But we had a big thing of ground beef. So we just made all the burgers we could. And we had dinner, lunch. We still have like five left. So I'll be eating them. <laughs> Tomorrow and the day after, you know. That's the way to go, bro. Have a burger for breakfast. Yeah, why, you know, you can cut it up, put it in something else, maybe make like a like you make the uh the breakfast hash with like your pork and all that. Yep. You can yeah. do that with beef, you can make tacos, I mean, you know. Sure. <clears throat> the whole night. Yeah, Plus so it's like saving money, dude. I agree. You know, we just, <laughs> we never buy, like, those big logs of ground beef. Yeah. <laughs> we never we never buy those, but I'm not opposed to it. I don't think she would like it too much because she likes that healthier stuff. I like the healthier right. stuff, too, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's something about that, you know, five-pound log of ground beef. It's just so much. Dude, you get so many burgers out of that. And I think that's cheaper than like getting these pre-packaged burgers. You know, yeah. the patties are already made up for you. Forget yep. that junk, man. You know, you can buy yourself a little ring on Amazon. A little, you know, meat-shaping ring. And stuff it with ground beef. You got a perfect circle just like that. And then move on and just keep doing that. Make your perfect patties, man, and then you're good to go. <laughs> I wish I had one. I actually need to buy one, to be honest with you. That is a good idea. I was just, while you're talking, I'm like, why have I never done that? Yep. Because <clears throat> that's something I'm not good at. I either make them way too big or I make them the perfect size. And then when heat hits them... <laughs> Right. <laughs> they like shrink up and I'm like, what the hell? Yep. So the echo is right next to me and listening to me. So as soon as I pull up Amazon, it's the first thing. <laughs> uh, they own us. They own our lives. Everything about us. They got us, bro. They totally got us. I made some of uh, I made some turkey burgers the other day. Uh, turkey. Did you put anything in it as a binder? Uh, no, no binder. So how did they not fall apart? Um, I cooked them. Mine always do. I cooked them direct. I cooked them direct uh, heat. So on a grill. On the grill, and so basically, what you got to do is you got to make sure you sear it 
on the one side. And then you gotta have a really good spatula that's flat with a angled end and go um, go parallel to the grill grate pick it up real quick and dump it over flip it over that's the only way it's going to stay together you got to make sure you you're aggressive with it though and get under it i've done them in the air fryer i've done them in a skillet i've done them on the grill I just, I literally made a vow that I would never do turkey burgers again, unless I put a binder in there of some sort. Nope, so I I did turkey with uh, feta and spinach. And then you just mm. ball it up, smash it down, make your patty, throw it on, bro. No well, so then the feta would kind of act as a binder. No, feta, man, it, it barely even melts the whole time that you're cooking it. Yeah, it's a terrible binder. For a binder you want to use, if you're going to use something, you want to use oil or an egg. Yeah. So with my beef burgers, with ground beef, I always throw in an egg for the, for the binder. It's the way to go. See, I never have a trouble. I never have, I never have a trouble with the beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that I'm some, you know, friggin' avid cooker although i'm turning into one i will say i'm proud of you i, I think you're doing a great job sounds like it i've All seen it took some was of your covid pictures. and nothing to do sure i i did uh, make some chicken breast today in the air fryer did you like it i loved it man chicken breast they juicy, turned right? out super juicy they were perfect Oof. man perfect absolutely loved them I'm telling you too, bro, if you like if you're doing fries or even if you're making your own out of like potatoes or whatever, like chips or like yeah. wedges. Sure. Air fryer is the way to go. No. Unless you're gonna like fry it in oil, but I mean Yeah. No, I, I did messy. I did that too. <laughs> I so that was me and Max's dinner. We had chicken, chicken breast and uh potato fries. I did the fries first in the air fryer. I did use oil. I put olive oil on them first so that the rub would stick to it. Yeah. And I put on one of those, uh, I put on that Big John's bourbon, sweet bourbon, hickory barbecue rub on it. On two potatoes. You like that stuff? Oh, man. It's so good. Really? (laughs) It's so good, bro. A $6 rub. It's so good. Trust me. It's so good. I'll have to get some. I threw that in there for 20 minutes, and, and so while the chicken was cooking, me and Max were eating the potatoes. Yeah. So. It's we're toying good. with getting a bigger air fryer. Really? Yeah, we have kind of like a medium one, but we'd like a large one. Because, dude, like, we use the shit out of that thing. I'm surprised it still works as much as we've used it since we had it. Yeah. Well, I bought the same one, and it's perfect for us. I mean, you're only cooking two chicken breasts at a time. That way, you're not putting it on top of each other. Well, see, that's the thing. If you're trying to meal prep and you want to make it all at once, put maybe like four or five in there, that would be ideal, you know? Sure. Sure. But 
Yeah, it's I mean, look definitely. at me. Third world problem over here. <laughs> I can't make four or five. <laughs> I can only make two. I have to do it separate <laughs> friggin' time. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I, I'm enjoying it, though. I mean, she's been using it more than me, but um, today she went out to run some errands, and I'm like, well, I can't start the grill with Max in one arm. You know, <laughs> and he wasn't going to go down for a nap, so, um, so yeah, I just had to throw it in the air fryer, put uh, put him on the floor for a few minutes, let him scream it out, <laughs> let him scream while I go ahead and throw the food together, and throw some toys on the floor to kind of distract him a little bit. It, it's such a, a bad parent. It's a juggling act. Hey, you can't carry him around all day. He's, you got to let him crawl and run around. So, Speaking of kids, I'm mm. going to change the subject because I was thinking about this the other day. And you have two children, so I kind of want your opinion. Yep. Because I have my own, but I don't have kids, so whatever. But um, I was just thinking, and I don't know where this came from either, mm-hmm. but this whole thing of like, Oh, you know what? I think I do know where it came from. It's all all this stimulus thing and like more aid for, you know, workers who like work part time and they're getting all this extra money during this time and they feel like they deserve it and stuff like that, you know? Yep. So it got me thinking on the whole line of, and I know you know what I'm talking about, but like there's, I feel like this new thing of, uh, when sports were actually being played pre-COVID, like there was no winner or loser. You just got participation trophies or points or whatever. Sure. And it just made, like, I don't know why. I literally thought about this for probably a good 15, 20 minutes and had this debate in my head by myself, obviously. So it was clearly one-sided. But, like... I think it's bullshit. Let me just say that. Blanket statement. And here's why. Because my thinking is... There always has to be a winner. I mean, that's just life. Animals fight until the death. Or they fight to feed themselves. Right? I mean, in nature. But anyway, we're not animals. We're humans. So, like, then I started thinking about, like, okay, well... We have the presidency, right? <coughs> I mean, elections are coming up quick. Like this year, someone will be voted in again or be voted in for the first time as our president of the United States. Like, let's let's take last election. It wasn't going to be both Trump and Hillary because they both participated in running. <laughs> well, like there was a winner. Each other. Yeah. And there was a loser. Uh, Yes. And so I go back to this whole, like, playing soccer with these kids and everyone wins. There's no points. It's just a participation thing. And I'm like, what are we teaching? Like, what does that teach a kid growing up? Yeah. And then, so, like, let's fast forward 30 years from that kid's life. And he's running to be a president, let's say, since I that's on the brain. Is he going to be a little bitch and be like, ah, 
Well, I ran too. I deserve to be president. <laughs> um, the world's going to be like, sorry, bitch, you lost. You don't get no participation points. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, do you even want to talk about that? That's sure. kind of stupid. I, I've got some like, ideas. Or I've I got think some there's, opinions. I think there's some stuff there, man, that's just like we're already seeing that in some of the youth today and some of the the young adults today that it's like, why are you so like millennials are the ones, you know, we're like everything is given to us and we deserve it all. Is it because when they played freaking soccer as a little kid, they no one won, no one lost. We're just all in this together. One big happy family. Yeah. Well, so I would say that uh, from my recollection, millennials are the first ones to actually get participation trophies. So it's not a new thing. It's, I mean, it's fairly recent on the grand scheme of things, but it's not definitely the way that our parents grew up. Um, and well, I'm a millennial and I played soccer and there was a distinct winner and loser and trophies and medals or you didn't get anything. <laughs> okay. So then it was newer. Well, so, no, I'm saying that's just me. I'm sure it started in my generation. Yes. Yes, for sure. So um, probably mostly 90s kids are the first ones to get it. But here's the thing. Here's the issue. Um, winning and losing, uh, there's, there's good lessons in that. Uh, that when you try your best and you put in maximum effort, you get a result. That result may not always be positive, but you still gain something from the the effort. So I, I get that. I get that uh, that participation side of things. Like your effort still gets you something, even if it's not a uh, a tangible. Uh, trophy that says you know you won that puts you above everybody else and, and I think with the with the whole concept of participation trophies it um, it has a downside to it in that um, it doesn't it doesn't teach kids how to lose gracefully you know, like, like take it an example. I finally watched The Last Dance. Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. Yeah. Finally saw it. I watched all the episodes. I'm done. There was a, a point when, in the early 90, like 1993, um, where the Pistons lost to the Bulls. And um, the Bulls ended up winning their first championship. And, uh, but at the end of the series, the Pistons walked off the court before the game was over because they lost. They were sore losers. I think this whole par participation trophy era um, reinforces that. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't teach people to lose gracefully. It doesn't, it, it loses, you lose the whole aspect of um, 
sportsmanship because losing is a very large part of sportsmanship. So the benefits that you get out of sportsmanship, the losing, the winning, the highs and the lows, the things that make you keep going to be a better athlete, all that stuff goes out the window when you're getting rewarded for just participating. You know, back when I was playing ball for the PAL League, if I missed all my shots in one game, I wouldn't start in the next game. <laughs> I was going to be on the bench. Bench warmer. Yeah. I was on the bench until somebody got into foul trouble. And it was like, all right, Hines, you get in. <laughs> Don't mess up. You know, uh, that didn't feel good. I remember riding the bench. It didn't feel good, but it made me work harder. You know, I wasn't able to dribble the ball all that well. I wasn't able to take people to the hole. But I had a, a 100% uh, or damn near 100% free throw shot. So I can take a foul, and uh, I know that if I went to the line, I was going to make my two shots because I worked at it. I'm like, shit, man, I got to work at something. <laughs> I got to get good at something. <laughs> that, that way I can stay on this team. So in practice, dude, I'd shoot. I'd get 10 out of 10 or damn near 10 out, 10 out of 10. You know, a very high percentage shot for me. Um, and when we lost, we lost. And we got reamed out by the coach. You know, play by play. You screwed up here. You screwed up there. You know, we lost by 20 points. Everybody's doing laps. Now you got suicides after you're done doing laps. You need to know that this sucks to lose and to be that embarrassed on the court. You got yelled at, <laughs> you know. There was no participation trophy. But um, the other thing is that it teaches you to take criticism, you know, Uh when you lose and you don't get anything for it, it teaches you to take criticism because you got those old school coaches that are freaking get in your face and um, and really tell you what your weak points are and what you need to work on. So, uh, yeah, well, that that it's, right there is what it is to me. Yeah. It's a lot of coddling. I mean, you're going to lose. Absolutely. Even, I mean, we're talking about MJ. Jordan, that is, not Jackson. Right. I mean, he lost, and he's arguably, probably, the best b-ball player ever. Maybe? Probably? <laughs> but every time he lost... Ain't no, ain't no probably. That's a guarantee. What did it do? He's Made like, all right, hard. motherfucker. We're playing you again next week. Bring it, bitch. Yeah. And what did he do? He went out and fucking hammered, bro. Like dominated. It like fed him, you know? Like he he learned something. It sucked. It it emotionally took a toll on him and mentally. And then he didn't just like, "Oh, well, I guess I should stop playing basketball." Right. No, he went and fucking hit the pain even harder. Hit practice harder. He like it motivated him. Like, mm -hmm. failure should not be a bad thing all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, some of the best things... Dude, we have light bulbs because this guy failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. Finally got it. 
Mm -hmm. That's what I don't understand is like if the guy never pushed on, if no one ever pushes on after a loss, then that's the that's honestly the biggest uh, words escaping me failure right there is not trying, not getting back up, not like, you know, what I'm saying. I don't know if that's even whatever with where I started with this conversation, but it just, it, it made me think about like, man, if you like, if you air quotes, win because you participated, <laughs> what the hell's the future going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. So th there's this old quote from Winston Churchill. I had to look it up to find out who actually said it, but he says success is not final and failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. That's you. You don't learn that from getting a participation trophy. You'll never learn yeah. that. You'll never well, learn that lesson. You? Right. And listen, maybe I'm being a little too harsh with this whole scenario. You know, because on there's always extremes in everything, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's those coaches out there who coach in like t-ball, and they're like get up motherfucker run <laughs> we're not gonna take an L today son and the little kid's like shitting himself cause he's like I don't know what that means right like obviously there's you know <laughs> yeah there's extreme things but I don't know man on the whole of everything it's kinda like <sighs> yeah I mean we said it so yeah I mean definitely um uh, raising kids is it's one thing that's that uh I, I know with Micah because he's actually involved in sports right now and has been for several years um I've seen him win and lose win and lose over and over again and it's super encouraging and a, a high note when he wins and when he loses the encouragement still has to be there he's not getting some stupid participation trophy thankfully but I'd probably take it away from them and throw it away, um, honestly. But or at the very least, I'll just flat out tell them, like, you don't deserve that. That's not something that you actually earned. <laughs> that's not a trophy. No, no, that's that's it. <laughs> you don't for showing up today. Yeah, no, 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 we, we don't get we don't get praise for just showing up. It's it's the same thing in life. I, so the I guess the the my point is that the the real danger is that it is not real life to get a participation trophy. And if exactly. that's what you're used to getting the whole time you're growing up, the first time you get um, oh dude, you get a performance review that tells you that you've got some areas of weakness that you need to work on. You're gonna you're gonna crumble and it's gonna you shock apply you for a job and you don't get it someone else does exactly or somebody I mean, steals uh, your girlfriend <laughs> it literally that does not play out in any other scenario mm -mm. in life it doesn't exist anywhere else and that's the danger you can't teach that as a as a healthy way of dealing with kids because it, it just doesn't work that way you know even when they they're being graded in school you get A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's, right? You, 
you can still fail a class if you don't do the work. So it's not just about showing up, it's about performing. And if you're not performing to the level that's necessary in order to win, then you need to perform better. It's just that simple. Um, obviously, there's nicer ways to say that to a kid depending on their age. But, hell, man. Uh, I know my son understands that because he taught me how to play Fortnite. And every time I lose, he's laughing in my face and telling me that I suck because I can't aim right or, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's like, how do you empty out a whole clip and not kill the person? You're awful. <laughs> and I love it. I love it that he has that mentality and he has that mindset because that's what real life is right there. You know, go practice some more. Show me what you can do later. Get better. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe this should be taught too, like, or maybe not. I don't know. You might just never be good enough at that thing. Yeah. Is is that bad? Is that something you should slunk in depression about? And like, you know, I mean, there's so many other things that you can apply yourself to. Maybe you're passionate about cooking, but you suck at it. Sure. And you keep trying and you keep trying and you just always burn water. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> you suck at cooking. That's not your thing. And that's okay. <laughs> right. What can you do? Yeah. You can clean the dishes after I'm done cooking. <clears throat> you can pay someone else to cook while yeah. you do something else that you actually can do. I, I don't know. It's just yeah. like. Sure. You shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be raised in a, in a mindset where, one, you show up whether you're good or bad horrible awesome you all win you're robbing the true talent <clears throat> and mm -hmm. you're you're setting the people up without talent to think that they have they can do anything yeah that's just not true yeah because once yeah. you're not a little kid anymore you realize there are some things doesn't matter how hard you put your mind to you just cannot do <laughs> a true story man true story and i'm not saying like go straight German and sit your kid down and be like, listen, you need to pick three things. You're going to suck at two of them. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that. It's just like, I don't know, man. Shit. That ain't even a German thing. That's a, that's just old school right there. I mean, my, when I was graduating high school, I didn't know what the hell I, well, I did know what I wanted to do, but what I wanted to do, my dad didn't agree with. And I came home one day and he was like, all right, you got two choices. You can go do machining, manufacturing stuff, or you can go into the military. These are your two choices. Of course, I obviously I, I picked <laughs> machining, which led me into engineering and design, which is what I do now. I am the machine. <laughs> I'm the machine. Oh, good old Kreischer. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
uh, that's the way I was raised. You know, I, that's the way I, I came up. But that was like, here you go. These are your two things that you're doing. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but it, it got me to where I am today. Uh, there's a lot of, I was telling Micah just this past weekend, there's so many things that, you know, voices of people that will tell you what to do. One, you, you got to follow what it is that you are good at and that you're passionate about. Because the fact is, you're right. Like, they may say, become a doctor because that's uh, that's going to give you a very good living. And I told him, I said, the fact is that you gotta you go to be a doctor, you're going to have to specialize in something. For the most part. And whatever you specialize in, there may not be a demand for it. You know, you might be an unemployed doctor somewhere at some point. There's so many kids that, that go to school, go to college now, graduate, thinking that they're doing something cool. They got a degree and they're living in their parents' basement. And I told them flat out, I don't want you living in my basement. <laughs> I don't want that. I want you to do something, get an education, and learn something that's useful. Like, any idea what you want to do? He's like, I just, I want to be a YouTuber. And I'm like, well, great. So he has a YouTube channel now. And frankly, if he keeps going with it, by the time he graduates in the next five years, it might be a huge channel. And he might be able to make a very good living off of it. I don't want to discourage that. I said, but in interim, you need to be thinking about what you want to do with your life besides that. Like education-wise, you got to learn something. So, um, I, you know, with cars right now, I, I can speak to what I know. The way of the world is going into electrification. Computers. So I said, if you, I said, what do you think about that? He's like, well, I think it would be super cool. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say his idea because I thought it was ingenious and I haven't even seen it or even heard of it before. But he's got this awesome, cool idea, I can tell you, after the podcast that I've never heard about. I'm like, buddy, that's genius. I said, you know what will help you do that? You go to school for computer science. <laughs> you know, something along the lines of electrification. Because that idea right there is genius and is something that you can do. But there's some building blocks that you need that you're only going to get from school. Yeah. You know, learning, picking up a book, reading about it. Like you, I'm sure you can learn about it online right now. Um, but your education will unlock the doors to be able to, you know, get you someplace where you can actually make that dream happen. And so he liked that idea. I said, you don't have to be a computer engineer. You know, you don't even have to be an engineer just because I am one. I don't want that for you. I want you to do something cool that's exciting to you and not try to do something that somebody else wants you to do. Because there's a good chance that you're going to mess it up and fail because you're not your heart's not in it. You don't want it. Um, I think that goes along with what you're saying. Like, you're not going to be good at everything. And that's OK. But the things you are good at, you can get even better if you apply yourself and get some education and some knowledge, 
get some people around you that know what they're talking about that can help coach you along. That's what well, it's and about. Even, <clears throat> I think, to like, in that same thing, if you're studying or working towards something that you're into and you fail, you're going to have more drive to go be better and to dig in and to keep going with it versus I don't even want to be doing this shit anyway. Why? Just because my dad did it. And then you fail at something or you lose your job for some reason. And then you're like, fuck it. I don't even want to be doing this anyway. So you're going to quit. <laughs> right. Cause you're never interested in it. You're never into it. You never cared about it. You know? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if the first game, uh, Jordan lost, he was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not good at this shit anyway. I'm not into it. I mean, he wouldn't be Michael Jordan. Right. He didn't keep going because, I mean, you know, what am I trying to say? Like, he kept going because he wanted to be the best. He wanted to play ball. He loved playing ball. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. yeah to, be, to your point, I failed. I failed uh, when I went to machining school. I think I was in, I was in, uh, I was in the one hundred and seventy fourth class. One seventy four. I would have been part of the one hundred and seventy fourth graduating class from Focus Hope Machinist Training Institute. My heart wasn't in it. I was only doing it because I didn't want to go to the military. And I failed. And they made me retake a couple classes. And I wasn't able to graduate with my class. I ended up graduating with a different class that I didn't know anybody. I wasn't with them that whole time. Uh. I ended up graduating in class 176. Um... Because my heart just wasn't in it. And even after I graduated and got my machining certification, I refused to get a job doing machining because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be a machinist. My dad was a machinist. I didn't want to be a machinist. I hated that I had to go to that school. So um, I stayed in school and started doing uh, design engineering. And when I was halfway through that degree, I, um, I ended up getting an internship with LearCorp seating division, which got me into the company I'm in now once I graduated. So, and I love what I do now. Um, I could be doing a lot better, but I still love what I'm doing. And it's nothing that I ever wanted to do. I never wanted to do what I'm doing right now. But I ended up actually being good at it. (laughs) So, um, and part of the reason why I'm good at my job is because I went to that machining school and studied manufacturing and discovered how things were actually made, how tools were made, how fixtures and all of this stuff that goes into making everything that's mechanical 
I, I learned the building blocks of how all that stuff works, which made me good at design. So, you know, it all ended up working out for the best. But in the back of my mind, I still wish I had gone to the military. <laughs> well, what would you have done in the military? Whatever they said you're, they think you're good at? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I would have been able to travel a lot more. And, um, you know, obviously at the time that that I was graduating college, we were in the middle of the Iraq war. Right. So I'm sure I would have been deployed somewhere, you know, fighting in a war. And uh, not that it would have been fun, but I would have been out of Detroit and getting a little bit more world experience that probably would have rounded me off a whole lot better than what the church did for me. You know? So. I don't know, man. I think you'd be a completely different person, though. I probably would be a completely different person. Yep. I mean, we would probably not even have a... I I don't think we would meet. We probably wouldn't have met. Nope. Probably wouldn't have met. And who the fuck would I podcast with? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have been boys with Drew. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe would have we would have been deployed together or something and then eventually met. He's a little younger than you, but... Uh, he's not that much younger than me, is he? Well, he's got a bald head, so <sighs> that's... <laughs> I mean, you're pretty, you're good pretty old, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty old, huh? That's, that's how you want to go? That's how you want to end this podcast? I mean, I'm only four years behind. Yeah. All right, anyway. Now yeah, that, that was just uh, something that I'm I was old. thinking about this week. and That is a very interesting uh, thing to wanted, think about. Yeah, I wanted your input on. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I think it's different with boys than girls, too. I don't have any daughters, so I've got boys. And it's just easier, in my opinion. Even with no experience with girls, I still say boys are easier. Because, <laughs> um, you know, hey, I mean, you you wrestle around, you throw them around, you throw them up in the air, you beat them up, you know, you toughen them up. And you Not love literally. Them. Yeah, you know, maybe. You know, you love on them. You, it's just so much easier to me you move their balls out the way and you wipe their ass I mean it's easy with girls you gotta it's a certain way you gotta wipe you can't wipe back to front you gotta wipe front to back alright and that just sucks man you know with Max like Max and Micah just take the take the towel and just wipe all over you know and care about <laughs> getting it anywhere it shouldn't be. So, before he says anything else that takes him down a road that I don't want to go, <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, good lord, I don't even know how he went to ass and balls. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> hey, if you enjoy the combo. <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, check us out at unchurchpodcast.show you can email us 
at info at unchurchedpodcast.show. We say all this stuff all the time, but it's all at the bottom of our show notes. Check out the show notes. Get links to our Instagram and Twitter right there at unchurchedpod. Uh, click the links, drop us a line, give us a like and share us. We appreciate it. We love you long time. So long. Peace. We love you.